This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha and caverns deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 690 of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast, the final episode of 2022. I am your head, number one. My name is Matt Baum, and as I said, 2022 is officially over! So welcome to our best of award show for the year, and I hope you survive the experience. 690, Matt, I don't want to alarm you, but I think in, that means in like 16 or 17 episodes, we've got ourselves a milestone. It's true. It's true. Sometime around July, we should hit 700 from my math. Uh, according to ziggurat math. Ziggurat math, yeah. I'm your head number two, but you might know me better as the Internet Show Patrick. Once again, we find ourselves at the end of the year, so it's time to take a look back at 2022 and celebrate the year's best comics, characters, and creators in our, and I can't believe I'm saying this, 12th annual Golden Beppo celebration episode. Are we sure it's not 13? We're positive it's 12. Well, we started in 2011. No, no, no. Uh, but so we can't even do that because we started the Beppos later. So I don't even know. No, we didn't. We did it the very first year. Did we really? Okay. Yes, we did. All right. I've, I have crunched these numbers before. As I mentioned, each of our winners will take home the coveted THN Golden Beppo Award featuring Superman's pal. That's right. Beppo the Super Monkey, cast in solid 24-karat gold. Joe Patrick, tell these nerds a little bit of history about our mascot. Beppo the Super Chimp was created by Otto Binder and George Papp. He first appeared in Superboy number 76, uh, which came out in October 1959. This is one, isn't so one of those, like, he old. This wasn't one of those Bill Finger things where, like... You know, auto binder, like, yeah, I drew Beppo. Beppo was all mine. And like, poor George Papp. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> is there controversy he, here? <laughs> not that I know of. Okay, I mean, good, like, good. I, auto binder, like, it's not like he's a Bob Kane or a Stan Lee. Yeah, I like, just want to make sure, know, you know. People know his name, but it's, he ain't like a household name or anything. <laughs> Beppo is a Kryptonian monkey that was one of Jor-El's test subjects. He stowed away on Superman's rocket. And when he got to Earth, you guessed it. You got the same powers as Superman. Of course. He would go on to join the Legion of Super Pets alongside such visionary, luminary, esteemed animal characters as Comet the Super Horse, Streaky the Super Cat, and Prody, who is not an animal. Isn't Ace the Bat Hound in there, too? Oh, Ace the Bat Hound might be in there. Okay. Depends on the version you're, like you're looking at. Kryptonian jerks, huh? Okay, point of order. All, like, Ace is obviously not a Kryptonian. Point of Ace order. Is Beppo is a chimpanzee, is that correct? Beppo is a chimpanzee. So not a super monkey, but a super ape. He's a, he's a super chimp. He's they called him Beppo the super chimp. Okay, super ape. All right, there we go. Okay, again, I just said super chimp. <laughs> I, just wanted, I they, called him a they, monkey. They kept so. calling him Beppo the super chimp. I get it. People, look, people keep, people call chimps monkeys all the time. It's, it's not hilarious. okay. It's not okay. Not in 2022. Or 2024. <laughs> we are proud to present these trophies to the creators who represent the best stuff we read this year, or at least the best stuff we remember. Today, we celebrate 2022, the year in comics, and it all starts with a wartime in the ziggurat.
2022 started with Mike Zeck's first appearance of Spider-Man in his black costume, the original art selling for a record $3.36 million at auction. And things got even nuttier from there. Substack threatened to destroy print comics as we know it. It didn't. Shipping delays continue to plague the industry. Valiant managed to barely survive another year, releasing one comic a month, while poor old Aftershock filed for bankruptcy. We lost too many legendary creators to name here. The biggest events of the year were yet another crisis at DC and the Celestials trying to kill the mutants at Marvel. Somebody's always trying to kill those rascally mutants. There were highs and lows, but today we're here to celebrate the best of what 2022 had to offer, or at least the stuff we read this year. And since this is a superhero-centric show, let's start with the best hero of 2022. Matt, take it away. As we always do, let's start with the runners up. Runners up for me, Daredevil. Daredevil was wonderful this year, had a fantastic run. Chip Zdarsky is still there. Iron Man, wonderful. Cantwell's Iron Man has been so good. Batman has two new amazing creators, one of which is Zdarsky, and Ram V working on Batman titles that have been wonderful. I think Magneto had a banner year as a hero, finally, where he's like, still a badass, but definitely some extremely heroic moments. But I have to give my best hero again two years in a row to Nightwing at DC. And not just a Nightwing series, which is wonderful. Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo are doing an incredible job on that series. We've talked about it all year. But also... He's the star of Dark Crisis. He single-handedly led the DCU when Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, the entire JLA disappeared. Nightwing took the reins and saved the damn universe. And, I mean, I can't think of a hero that had a better year than Nightwing. Joe Patrick, who is your best hero of 2022? Uh, you're absolutely right about everything you said. Uh, for me, Nightwing is again, the hero of the year for me, but he did have some really strong competition that stood alongside him. Like Wally West at DC, who is back, baby. Yeah. He's back. And it's, it's just a delight. Superman. Uh, I mean, John Kent uh, also at DC doing a wonderful job doing things differently than the way his dad did. And that's what sets his book apart. She-Hulk at Marvel, Rainbow Rowell came in and answered all of the problems that I had with what She-Hulk had been going through the past several years. Definitely. That book is a damn delight. And Steve Rogers, Captain America, Sam as well. But I was going to say Steve and Sam both almost made my list. For me, though, like I am so dialed into this conspiracy storyline in Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty. That uh, Steve Rogers is back in my radar, back on my radar in a way that he hasn't been in a few years now, and I can't get enough of his solo book. So it's been a great, a really great year for heroes. Sure would be nice if the Avengers could get back there too, right? Yes, well, you know. <laughs> Best film. Heroes are fun and all, but what's a hero without it? Nasty, mean, scary villain, Joe Patrick. Who gets your Beppo for the best villain of 2022? 
my runners up let's let's start that first uh henry bendix the unlikely return of the wildstorm mastermind currently doing terrible things in the pages of superman son of kal-el orcus the human first organization that is just killing x-men left and right yeah but they're good guys from there everybody likes orcus yeah now. right everybody loves them isn't that the, the way? kids have nimrod balloons and stuff <laughs> An actual new villain, or at least new as of the last year or so, Heartless from the pages of Nightwing. If you did not read the Nightwing annual because you thought, hey, it's an annual, I can skip it. I assure you, you should not skip it. The uh, origin of Heartless is chilling. And, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe you're saying this. I didn't even, I thought you hate this. Beast. And this is a spoiler, I suppose. But it's been going on for months and months. Beast is now an active force for evil, more or less, in the X-Men books. I don't like it, and yet I can't look away. I find it very compelling, and I really can't wait to see how it resolves. I'm kind of right there with you. I, I love both books that he's in and both. And every time he's doing something evil, I'm like, no, don't do it. Stop Henry, please. Yeah. <laughs> but my best villain of the year has to go to Mr. Sinister without a doubt. And what cemented it was an issue of immortal X-Men. It was just a regular issue of immortal X-Men. It may have been one of the acts judgment day tie-ins. It might not have been, they revealed what Mr. Sinister has going on inside that secret little lab of his and how he is using the, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, how he is using the tools that he has amassed to steer events on Krakoa. It's so genius and he's so much fun to read. Mr. Sinister, I can't wait for next year for Sins of Sinister. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. No. So, I mean, let's just pull the bandit off. I gave it to Mr. Sinister as well, because he's been such an incredible character in that book where, you know, he's a bad guy. I, and we realize that they have resurrected bad guys, put them on the quiet council. They're doing their job because Xavier believes like, Hey, we're all mutants and we all bring things to the table. And that's great. And even like apocalypse, Played the game, did did a pretty good job, you know, like did his thing and helped out and whatever. Proteus is full on, like helping the good guys, doing his thing. And Sinister, no, he's still completely evil. He has this horrifying plan. And not just that, they're, they're, they're sowing these seeds for the character where he has been setting this plan up for hundreds of years, possibly. <laughs> and it is so cool what they are doing with him i absolutely love it and while all this stuff was going on in in acts the judgment day stuff which we're going to talk about more as we go on because it's been a ton of fun they are just gently leading you to this next sinister event where you're like oh man oh man he's so bad this is so bad <laughs> he's so yeah. tight and all i love it absolutely love it mr sinister is my definitely my villain of 2022 my runner's up I had to mention Uranus because if you thought Thanos was scary, wait till you meet his grandfather, who is just a goddamn force of nature. <laughs> it's like Godzilla. Talia Ghoul had a really nice storyline this year in Shadow War, which was just basically completely forgotten. It was a fun little event that happened in four issues. We both really liked it. Liked it. It was Deathstroke centric. It showed how badass Talia was. Black Adam 
had a really nice mini series this year that sort of reestablished him as a bad guy. And let's not forget the year started with the Kingpin as the mayor of New York. And then like finally just retired and sailed into the sunset and everything's fine. And we're never going to see yeah, him again with his crazy wife. But guess what? We're totally going to see him again. <laughs> They're already doing stuff with him. Oh man. Great year for villains this year. Best supporting character. Matt, some characters don't get the spotlight they deserve, but just because they can't support their own title doesn't mean they're not great. Who was your favorite supporting character of 2022? Oh, so there, there's a running theme with a couple of these that center around romance, and it starts with some of my runners-up. Hellcat in the pages of Iron Man. Wonderful. I When they first sort of paired her and Tony Stark. I was like, eh, I don't know if I care about this. And I ended up loving their relationship. Jack of hearts in the pages of she Hulk. She never got over him. She still got a thing for him. He's a cosmic weirdo that dresses like a goddamn slot machine and has bizarre powers. And I love him. I absolutely love him. Uh, Nightcrawler had a banner year in both immortal X-Men and Legion of X. I think destiny was wonderful as like, not just a character, but as a plot device that like normally I would get really tired of that where you just bring a character in and all they're here to do is push the story along. But Destiny and Mystique together have been so good. But my favorite, my favorite side character, supporting character, pardon me, not side character. They're important. My favorite supporting character of the year goes to Wong in the pages of Strange by Jed McKay and Lee Garbett. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Strange is dead. And Clea is filling in as the Sorcerer Supreme. And Clea is crazy. Clea has declared herself the warlord of Manhattan. <laughs> she has decided that nobody gets to mess around in New York. She's scary as hell. She's serving the Sorcerer Supreme. And if you thought Steven was a pain in the ass for Wong, wait till you see the crap that he has to deal with with Clea. It's been so good. Bats the Ghost Dog is his closest friend and the only person he can really talk to. <laughs> it's been so good. That book is fantastic. Wong is my best supporting character of 2022. Uh, I need to, I need to read strange. Oh, strange. It's been great. And the art is so good. Ooh. I love me some Wong. He's a, he's a great, he's a yeah. great character. Uh, for me, I had a, a, some overlap with you. Jack of hearts is on my list as well. I think that his, uh, return has been kind of heartbreaking and yeah. heartwarming all at the same time. It, you could see the trajectory of what would happen between him and Jennifer in the book coming a mile away, but like the tragedy of what happened the last time they met, like his powers went out of control and like made her gamma stuff go crazy. And then she became savage. She Hulk like that. And, and then he exploded like, yeah. He died before he had a chance to make it right between them. And he doesn't remember. And uh, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Boy Thunder from World's Finest is a new character. And uh, he's got a familiar origin. And his true identity has been a mystery. I didn't even know that it was supposed to be a mystery until Mark Wade posted online. I can't believe nobody's guessed who this guy really is yet. And in the very last issue, like uh, the, the, the most recent issue of World's Finest, Mark Wade revealed who Boy Thunder really is. And the entire Internet went, 
whoa, <laughs> like they could not believe it. And they didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. Can't wait to see where that goes. Uh, my other two runners up both come from Nightwing. First is Melinda Zuko, who is the mayor of Bloodhaven and the daughter, allegedly, of the man who killed the Graysons, the flying Graysons. And she has become a wonderful character and friend to Nightwing. I don't want to spoil what happens in her arc because things are different with her now, but she's been great. Uh, and Barbara Gordon who definitely is a star in her own right, but she is a wonderful supporting character in Nightwing. I, I miss her when she's not in the book. Tom Taylor has finally done what writers have teased for decades and been too afraid to do. They are actually like finally in love and together with no like restrictions, yeah. no bullshit. And why not? And it's like, like there's no why, good reason. What were not we to waiting for all this time? Right. Why were we waiting? Right. But the supporting character that stole my heart and I can't believe it, like it knocked me over with a feather because normally I can take or leave this character, but it's killer croc in the pages of Catwoman Lonely City. Yeah, he was great. Now there's a, there's a lot of specific context that goes into that version of the character. So I'm not talking about your garden variety killer croc. This is an older killer croc. He's kind of like a washed up, uh, you know, pug of a guy hanging out in bars, wearing his little, you know, his beanie, uh, his, his uh, stocking cap and his track suit. And he's just like reminiscing about the good old days. Yeah, he's old. He he's helps, over it, you know? Right. And he helps Selena with her, you know, her like one last mission that she's on in, in Catwoman Lonely City. He steals the show in that book. And I will say no more. My Beppo for best supporting character goes to Killer Croc from Catwoman Lonely City. That's a good one. It goes to show how like how great Cliff Chang understands these characters too. And man, 100%. that's a great book. One hundred percent. Best comic book writer. Now that we're done with our awards for fictional characters, it's time to hand out some awards to the real people behind the comics that we loved, and we start with the best writer category. Joe Patrick, who wrote your best funny books of 2022? Runners up, as always. Chip Zdarsky, definitely on the list, as he was last year. Uh, he's now the writer of the flagship Batman title, and he deserves it. He's continuing his strong work on Daredevil, and he's killing it at Image with a couple of different creator-owned projects, one of which uh, I really love. Uh, which is public domain, which is one of those like comics about comics, right? It's like yeah. an, comics about people that create comics. I just really like, I love that kind of weird yeah. little subgenre. Very meta. It's great. Mark Wade is back at DC. I called an audible because for some reason my mind blanked and I, I totally forgot. <laughs> I know. Uh, Mark Wade is back in full force at DC. Like I can't imagine what happened to bring Mark Wade back, but I'm sure it rhymes with Schman Schmishmio. Uh, no longer being employed there. <laughs> and uh, he is killing it on World's Finest. He's got a, a Shazam project coming up. He's doing Batman versus Robin and the upcoming Lazarus Planet event. Mark Wade is back and better than ever. Kieran Gillen, Immortal X-Men, AXE Judgment Day. He's had an amazing year uh, and he's still going strong with his creator on stuff. Yeah, Watson Future is unstoppable. 
unstoppably good. Oh my God, that book is amazing. But again, for the second year in a row, my best writer for 2022 is Tom Taylor, writer of Nightwing, Superman, Son of Kal-El, Dark Knights of Steel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right on. I feel like Tom Taylor has come, he's come up quietly through the ranks. He's done, you know, he, he did some of the more ancillary minor X books that I've since gone back and reread. They're amazing. He's been uh, toiling on books like Injustice and the, and the deceased books, which are better than they have any right to be. Yeah. People love them. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now he's the guy. He writes Superman. Now he writes Superman. Now he writes Nightwing. And I feel like Tom Taylor understands these characters. Like he, he has a way of just tapping into the core of what makes these characters special. And that's why he's my favorite writer for the second year in a row. Yeah. I, I, he's one of those guys that's just doing it. Like he's doing the job monthly. He's not writing the big crossover. He's not changing the direction of the universe. He's doing the hard work monthly and he's fantastic at it. That's a great choice. I, I'm not going to name all my runners up because you named a few of them. The ones you didn't hit. I'd say Christopher Cantwell made my list for his work on Iron Man. I love Cantwell. Yeah. Namor, Conquered Shores. Briar was so good. I and uh, The Blue Flame. That was a book that totally flew under my radar. I read six issues of it in the past month. and was just like, oh my God, this is so good. And that's over at Vault. Wonderful book. Donnie Cates had a fantastic year with Thor and Iron Man. Or, pardon me, Thor and the Incredible Hulk. A lot of fun there. Tom King. His Supergirl, his Human Target were both just wonderful books. But my best writer this year, I got to give it to Chip Zdarsky. I just I yeah, sat I mean, down. Chip- I looked at the body of work that he had this year alone. Batman, yeah. Batman the Night, Daredevil, Devil's Reign, Public Domain, The All-Nighter, which I completely forgot about, over yeah. at Dark Horse, Newburn at Image, which is also uh, outstanding. Like Stillwater at uh, Image, Stillwater as which well. Is which still going. I haven't even read. <laughs> I've heard it's just absolutely. We read number fantastic. one. We read number one, yeah. and that's it. Zadarsky is one of those guys that's proving he can do anything he wants. He can do serious, scary, funny, romance, anything you want, and the guy is wonderful. And I cannot wait to read more of his stuff. Chip Zadarsky, my best writer of 2022. Best comic book artist. Matt, it goes without saying that uh, this is a comic book podcast and we don't read books without pictures. I don't read no books with no pictures. <laughs> it's not my I, thing. I, 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 I don't truck with that stuff. And so we must give a Golden Beppo to the best artist of the year alongside the best writer of the year. Matt, who's on your list? There was a lot of fantastic art this year. There's some names that pop up again. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson for his work on Dual yes. Powerbomb was absolutely gorgeous. Dan Mora continues to be one of the single best superhero comic book artists I've ever seen. That guy's incredible. He's working Once in Future and World's Finest. He did a bunch of stuff on Power Rangers, like doing covers and stuff this year. The guy's incredible. Uh, Andre Lima Araujo, whose work on A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance is going to come up again later. I love Absolutely that artist. Absolutely stunning. Very minimal, but just stunning. A book we'd read just, what, last month? Chroma by Di Felice. Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful book. Like, 
not to mention the fact that we had one issue of Libra Mayo's A Vicious Circle, but it's like, I need more before I can mention him as like one of the best artists this year. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. But the best comic book art I saw this year, and I know it's good because the book has no words in it, and I was absolutely glued to it. It's, I'm going to give it to both the artist and the colorist because I think they came together to do something outside of themselves. Matthias Lopez and Matthias and Matthias Bergara for their work on Step by Bloody Step, written by Cy Spurrier. Like I mentioned, there's no words here. It is strictly a silent story with some of the most amazing comic book art I have seen in years. It reminds me very much of like Shadow of the Colossus type art with these giant creatures in these massive landscapes. And they created this wonderful fantasy world without any narration, without any <laughs> word bubbles, with nothing. And it is absolutely captivating. The art is just stunning. And I completely forgot about that book. Oh, my God. So I read the first one, loved it, gave it a buy it, and just read the other two not too long ago. And just burned, and when I say read, I mean, it's just a visual feast. It's absolutely amazing. And to pull that off without any narration, Without any words whatsoever, that's something special. I had to give it to this book. Joe Patrick, what's your best artist, 2022? So this category, uh, all of these categories, really, I always have to force myself to stop preparing my notes for the Golden yeah. Depots because I keep thinking of something I missed and then redoing my list. And that happened for me with the artists a, a number of times because I had some of the same guys that you had. I had. Uh, I had Dan Mora on my list. Cliff Chang from Catwoman Lonely City. Bruno Redondo from Nightwing. Daniel Warren Johnson from Dual Powerbomb. These are names that we mentioned again and again and again. Kyle Strom, artist of Twig. Yeah. A book we reviewed one issue of uh, ages ago. He's a maniac. Written by Scotty Young. It is, a, it is an all ages book written by Scotty Young. And it is amazing. A visual feast, that comic. My best artist of the year, though, it's going to Savage Greg Smallwood on Human Target. That book is career defining. Yeah, it's I would say sexy. It is sexy as hell. I mean, like, it's, it's just a good looking yeah, book. I mean, it gives me a little tingle in my nerd pickle. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it. It's true. I can't get enough of Greg Smallwood on Human Target, and I'm going to mention him again later in uh, just a, a minute, in fact. But yeah, I, I just I couldn't in good conscience pick anybody else because that book is so beautiful. Oh, for that sure. I'm I, I, I drink it in. I feel like I'm being given an art lesson when I when I look at that book. It's just like just stunning. Well, the whole thing too, the design of everything, the the thought that went into it, the covers, the first page with all the, you know, character introductions and like the creator introductions, just designed perfectly. It's a beautiful book. That's a great choice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Best comic It's been said you should never judge a book by its cover, but in the comics biz, sometimes that is the only way to get noticed on the stands. It's time to award our best cover artist of 2022. Joe Patrick, I insist you go first. Okay. As I just uh, implied a, a moment ago, Greg Smallwood is on my list of runners up for his covers on human target that are absolutely outstanding. Jorge Fornes 
who is currently the artist of Danger Street, also did some human target covers. I'm not counting it for this year, but I am excited about it. He did a cover for an upcoming project called Waller versus Wildstorm that looks like an old 70s yeah. action movie VHS tape. And like he is he is an insane talent, Jorge yeah. Fornes. Uh Bruno Redondo on Nightwing. Every cover is a masterpiece. Evan Cagle, who is the current cover artist on Detective Comics. They are like pieces of fine art. Moody, atmospheric, painterly, ethereal, beautiful. But, and he's been at this a long time, and I can't believe I've never mentioned him before. My favorite cover artist of 2022 was Mark Brooks, cover artist of Immortal X-Men. Basically, he's kind of like the... Anytime you need an X-Men teaser because the next phase of Hickman's master plans coming up. Yeah. Mark Brooks. Right. But he's been doing the covers of immortal X-Men. He did all the acts. And he stuff has done too. all the judgment day stuff. That was him. A judgment day. Yes. He yeah. did judgment day covers as well. And they are just amazing ensemble pieces. He has, he has come such a long way from his work. Uh, I remember my, I first saw his work on, New X-Men Academy X way back in the early 2000s. Yeah. And now he is this like master cover painter and it's tr- tremendous. Yeah. Nobody does a group shot like Mark Brooks. The guy's amazing. And that, that's his, like his specialty. Like how many characters you want to cover? 70. Gotcha. Here we go. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. You know, uh, Brooks definitely made my list. Runners up. Dan Mora also made my list. Was working world's finest power Rangers. Jorge Fornas made my list. Jenny Frazan has been so good, oh, good. this year. Oh, good. Good one. Poison Ivy, her work on Catwoman. Her Poison Ivy covers are stunning, but it's almost not fair because you're doing Poison Ivy. So it's like, okay, we do plants and vines all over the place and work her into it. <laughs> you know, like it's hard with other stuff. She's fantastic. My best cover artist, though, is Bruno Redondo. His work on, on Nightwing every month. It, and it's not something that's like, I've never seen art like this. I've never, this... This just absolutely blows me away. But he has such an understanding of the character, the city the character is in, what that character is doing in that comic, and sells it so perfectly month in and month out. Bruno well, Redondo. When you talk about design, yeah. Bruno Redondo has a, an amazing sense of design. Yes. His sensibility for where to put that character, why the background is it needs to use of like negative this. space spinning yeah. point of view just the right way to drag your eye where it needs it like the guy's yep. perspective yeah all He's the tricks amazing bruno redondo best cover artist 2022 i love it best new comics for our final round of awards it's time to talk about the comics themselves And it only seems right to start with the best new series of 2022. There was so much new stuff this year that like, I, again, like I had 15 runners up on my list. I went, no, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, Briar was absolutely a fantastic do a power bomb. Amazing. The blue flame. I've already mentioned Mark Miller, King of spies. I love that book. It's so good. She-Hulk is right there as well. Rainbow Rowell came back, saved She-Hulk. But my best new series of 2022, Rick Remender and Andre Lima Araujo's A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance is just... That started this year? That started this year. It is oh, man. just stunning. 
absolutely. It may have started December of last year. Uh, so I'm yeah, still counting count this it, year. Count it. I yeah. count it. It is just an incredible slow burn book with very sudden moments of extreme violence that just pull you through the story. It is cinematic in scope, absolutely wonderful. And I can't believe it's not a movie yet, or at least a badass like I mean, the lead character series. has already been cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you go off of the art. It is an amazing series. And it's it's quite a departure for Reminder as well. This is a little more down to earth, a little it's more subtle. noir. Yeah. Very subtle. Which is not a word I would use to describe him. Absolutely not. No. Love this series. Joe Patrick, what you got? Uh, do a power bomb on my list as well. Daniel Warren Johnson is always going to be on my list. Anytime he's got a new project, you can count on me mentioning him at least once. Captain America Sentinel of Liberty again by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing and Carmen Carnero. They are doing an amazing conspiracy storyline that's running through that book. And I, I cannot get enough of it. The outer circle Bucky, the yeah. star points. I'm just, I'm, I'm so sucked in. It's great. Immortal X-Men. Immortal X-Men is a book that I let stack up. I was like, eh, I don't need any more of Kieran Gillen's precious nonsense. You know, whatever. I'll read it when I get to it. And then I sat down and I read it. I'm like, this book, this book is essential reading. Essential. Uh, Superman, Batman, World's Finest by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. The only reason it, that did not make my number one it's because I am so in love with my best new series that I could not pick anything other than She-Hulk by Rainbow Rowell and Rose Antonio. It's a great pick. Uh, and various, uh, there have been other artists. Uh, Takeshi Miyazawa did the most recent issue and it's amazing. It's such a wonderful book that gets to the heart of She-Hulk. And this week's issue, today's issue of She-Hulk had an unexpected moment that like is such a no brainer that calls back to she Hulk's own publishing history that I was, I was knocked back by what rainbow did in that issue. So much fun, heartbreaking and beautiful and romantic and kind of sexy, but not like too sexy. <laughs> and well, cause it's not like exploitative, but yeah. it's like, Oh, well, you she's, know, still it's just hot like a, she's also still hot as hell. Well, I mean, it's not even about that, though, but it's like her and Jack are like steaming up the place. And yeah. it's like, God damn, dude, like I'm I am heavy into this. And like she's got best friends and she's got a like she's back practicing law. It's like everything about She-Hulk I love, except for when every issue ends. It's my best new series of the year. It's a great call. Best comic book miniseries. Not all comics need 400 damn issues to tell a story. In fact, some can get it done in less than four. It is time to hand out our Golden Beppos for the best comics miniseries of 2022. I guess that means it's my turn. It's your turn. Because you talk, then I talk. If I introduced it, that means there's only two I of us. I get it. So. I get it. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my runners up have a lot of familiar. Well, I guess my runners up have a couple of familiar uh, names that we've talked about tonight already. Uh, Axe Judgment Day, which is my favorite, probably my favorite Marvel event in in quite some time. Oh, easily. Uh, probably the best in the last five years, no, without it's, question. It's up there for sure. Human Target, which is just firing on all cylinders. And this is coming from somebody who sometimes has a lot of problems with Tom King. I think that Human Target is a triumph. Yeah. Uh, Batman, 
The Night by Chip Zdarsky and Carmine D. Gian Domenico, which is about Bruce Wayne, uh, the the years that Bruce Wayne spent training to become Batman. So good. And Rogues, which wrapped up earlier this year, uh, which was a black label book about the Rogues set ten, uh, the Flash Rogues Gallery, like Captain Cold, Trickster, etc., set ten years in the future, uh, trying to make it rich with one last score. The art was by Leo Max, uh, who drew Basketful of Heads. So good. And, that guy's amazing. Uh, such a good series. Joshua Williamson uh, did the writing on that. Fantastic. Yeah, Williamson uh, had my, a hell of a year. It didn't get mentioned on her best writers, but he had a great year. I almost put him on my list. Uh, but again, I kept making changes. I kept thinking of somebody and making changes. But Joshua Williamson, yeah, has done tremendous work this year. My best miniseries, Beppo, goes to Catwoman Lonely City, which came out from DC Black Label by Cliff Chang. I, this might be splitting hairs. Maybe it's cheating. I don't care. It's my show. But half of it came out in 2021. The second half came out in 2022. There were months in between. Yeah, I think if there it were finished months this in year, that issues. If it finished like, this year, took, that counts. He took forever to put it out. Yeah. Which was fine because every time there was a new issue, it was like a it was like your birthday. Every time I saw that one came out, I was like, it's a special gift just for me. And it was such a wonderful take on those characters. And yes, it's set in the future. And yes, it doesn't count. It's not in continuity. And yes, it's set 10 years in the in the future. And uh, blah, 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 black label, whatever. But Cliff Chang understands the heart of those characters. And it shows like that guy. I need that guy on a more regular assignment. Yeah. Or I at least need him to start working on the next assignment right now. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I had a lot of the same stuff on my list. Judgment Day made my list. Catwoman Lonely City is definitely one of my runners up. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Last Ronin, continued to be absolutely incredible. I loved it. But I've got to give my best miniseries to Human Target. Human Target was one of those books that I loved when it was a Vertigo book. And I went, yeah, this is perfect. Back in the 90s. I was like, this is exactly where his character belongs. Shouldn't be in the DCU. Doesn't make any sense there. Is more of a real world, hard edged detective that can, like, you know, uh, change his appearance to put himself in, in any situation and find the bad guy. Tom King showed you exactly why this character should be in the DCU and fits perfectly in the DCU, even if it is black label. I get it, whatever. But the murder mystery stuff that they've had going on, the stuff they did with the break when they, like, literally had to take a few months and break and they put out that single uh, one shot that tied all these different stories that were going on in yeah, the regular yeah. series together and then like played on the last page of issue six and the first page of issue seven so perfectly like this is just yeah. a wonderful narrative some of the we already talked about how amazing the art and design is excellent excellent miniseries this is the best thing that i think king has written yet and i'm hoping for more of this stay away from batman and do more of this, please. <laughs> I prefer him in his own sandbox. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Best ongoing comic book series. Well, without long running ongoing series, we wouldn't have continuity. And without continuity, we wouldn't have anything to yell about on this show. It's true. So, Matt, what was your best ongoing series of 2022? Again, so many good ongoings. There's a lot of stuff that started this year, so I didn't necessarily include it. I wanted to think about the stuff I've been reading and going back to. Uh, the Good Asian 
was a book that we talked about last year that started at the end of last year. I've read that every month, and it's some of the best noir detective stuff out there. Uh, Pornsack Pigeon Shoat, is that his name? That is very close. We're, yes. Yeah, we're not saying it right. He's going to be writing. But you, yeah, you're as close as you're going to get, I think. He's going to yeah. be writing the Dead Boy Detectives book for. Ooh, that came out today. Yeah. And I cannot wait to read it. That guy is so good. Cantwell's Iron Man. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Detective Comics by Ram V has been so weird and creepy and kick ass. I totally yeah. loved it. Daredevil. I already talked about Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, but the best ongoing series. The first comic I read when it comes out every month, Immortal X-Men. It has become the tentpole X-Men comic. Like, the one X-Men comic. You're going to pick one and read it. It has to be that one. It is fantastic. And it has steered the entire weird Krakoa X saga that we've been seeing. And Karen Gillan, man, that guy, you want to talk about it. What Hickman set up, probably the weirdest idea the X-Men have ever had. It blew our heads off. And we went, nobody's going to do this better than Hickman. Jerry Duggan did a great job. And Stan Lee and Jack Kirby invented a robot shaped like a robot that makes other robots. Right. Jerry Duggan did a great job on the X-Men book. That's more of the superhero title, but it's Gillen's immortal X-Men is the backbone tent pole of the X universe right now, steering the entire next phase, I guess, of this lunacy. And it is must read X stuff. The X-Men have been better than they've been in a long time. And I know you felt like they wandered off with a lot of that, you know, house of X and, uh, the, what was the big crossover with apocalypse and the X of swords? Sorry. X of swords. It yeah, kind of wandered off there. Cause Hickman got Hated a little, it. he got a little too Hickman and I Hated like, it. I like it when he gets very Hickman, but Gillen understands how to keep stuff just grounded enough and still have one foot squarely in the weird wild x world it's such a great book can't say enough about it yeah and i'm just gonna like spitball i'm gonna spitball i'm just gonna snowball from there right into my runners up because immortal x-men is on my list of runners up and i personally kind of view immortal x-men by gillen and uh the artist it varies yeah uh, it but, changes uh, and Jerry Duggan's X-Men uh, like field team book sort of as the X-Men gold X-Men blue of the current era. Kind of. Yeah. Because if you're looking for that straight up superhero X-Men book, X-Men by Duggan and Pepe Larraz is for you. If you want the book, that's the wheels of the X-Men universe turning and pushing the world forward. That is immortal X-Men by Gillen. And I think that both books work great in tandem with one another. And I, in general, I think that the X books have done an amazing job kind of moving forward on mass this year because stuff's going down with beast yeah. in X force. And then it's going down in Wolverine. And they, those two books are not crossing over. The Wolverine, These are separate, separate storylines. Ben Percy's X-Force and Wolverine got really close to my list, they're, too. They're very good. They're excellent. They're very good. Uh, and But then in X-Men, I just read X-Men, and they make reference to the fact that, like, something's not right with the Beast. Like, yeah. for whatever feelings we may have had after Hickman kind of stepped back, I feel like that connective tissue 
is stronger than it has been since before he left. Definitely. And it's Duggan and Gillen. Definitely. Duggan and Gillen. Yeah, they're holding that together. Other runners up for me, uh, World's Finest, again, by Wade and Dan Mora. Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, who, uh, which is by Lansing and Kelly. And a wonderful young artist named Carmen Carnero. She's doing fantastic work on that book. It's just gorgeous. The Flash. And this is something that I have not been able to say for a really long time. But The Flash is one of my favorite comics again. It is one of the first books that I read when it comes out. But the first book that I read when it comes out every month without fail, I drop what I'm doing. I pretend that I'm still working. I, I turn my work computer off and I open up my iPad and I read Nightwing yeah. by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. And that's not even to say like Superman, Son of Kal-El. Tremendous. Like there is, was an embarrassment of riches. Cantwell's Iron Man. Like you can't, you can't go wrong with so many of these flagship books or books featuring flagship characters like Daredevil, Batman, Superman, uh, even Amazing Spider-Man, though it's been a little dicey lately. But Amazing Spider-Man, when it relaunched this year under Zeb Wells, super strong. Started strong. <laughs> it started strong. And I st- I'm still liking it. But yeah, but Nightwing, though, I, I can't say enough about that book. The issue 100 comes out next month. I cannot wait. Sometimes a single issue grabs you by the shirt, pulls you in real close, and demands your attention. It might be a book that you love to read every month, or one you've never heard of that you're just using to fill up a slot in your reviews for a podcast you host. Joe Patrick, what what was your best single issue that you read in 2022? Hold on a minute. Are you accusing me of something or are you admitting to something? No, I'm saying we do it all the time where we're like, I don't even know what this is. I'm just going to read it and review it. And then we go, this is the best oh, goddamn thing I've ever uh, read. <laughs> sorry. I thought you were implying that we mentioned it in our awards. In no. Our runners up. No. I got you. Yes. My runners up for best single issue. I'm glad I looked at your list first because I forgot to add it to mine. Chroma number one. I, that book, I had no expectations yeah. going in. Wow. I, I looked at it and I was like, what is this weird book with weird art? It is very long, Matt. Don't you know I've got too much stuff to do to read this book? And I was just blown away by it. Captain America Zero. We raved about Captain America that was Zero. Great. It was great. Which was this, the one-shot special that set up both Captain America Sentinel of Liberty and Captain America, Symbol of Truth, the the Steve book and the Sam Wilson book. Wonderful stuff. Twig number one from Scotty Young and Kyle Strom. That's from Image. I mentioned that with my best artists. A wonderful all-ages comic that's just so beautifully drawn and a really great sign that Scotty Young is growing as a writer in a really fun and special way. Uh, the, the, the me you love in the dark, from last year was another yeah that was surprise great. from Scotty Young that was great. Star Trek number one again by Jackson Lansing, Colin Kelly, and with art by Ramon Rosanas from IDW. It is the Star Trek comic I have wanted for years. Cisco, he ditched those profits, baby. He's back in all of his goatee <laughs> glory. I love it. But my best single issue of the year. My favorite single issue and the uh, winner of my best single issue, Beppo, goes to Batman, One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze. It was a one shot or 
if you will, it was an issue of the One Bad Day limited series, depending on how you want to look at it. From DC Comics by, here's that name again, Jerry Duggan and artist Matteo Scalera, who we have loved for years on things like Black Science. And I was so blown away by the heart that Duggan was able to infuse into that one short story. Oh, yeah. And it's a Christmas story. Yeah. It, it's a and very it's a, it's Christmas about, story. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's about Batman and Robin, mostly Robin and Alfred, wanting to give Mr. Freeze a gift to give him a chance to do something worthwhile. And it's, it's so beautiful and touching and heartbreaking. The art by Scalera is just like next level genius. His Batman, he draws like the beefiest Batman yeah. since Frank Miller's Dark Knight. He's like a circus strong man. It was ridiculous. He lo- yeah, he looks like <laughs> he looks like he's half elephant. Yeah, it's totally. Ridiculous. And it, it's such a beautiful book. Uh, Jerry Duggan should have been on my list of of, of writers uh, of favorite writers as well. But again, there's just too many people to name. Uh, I loved it. One bad day, Mister Freeze. Uh, from a series of one shots that I have found kind of hit and miss. That Mr. Freeze one shot was something special. Yeah. So I'm just going to tear the bandaid off. That was my best single issue as well. It, it was just unstoppably good in a year of great Batman comics, by the way, we did not love all the one bad day stuff, but some of it was no, truly. I didn't love excellent. the Tom King Riddler one. Yeah. That didn't do much for me. The penguin one was very good. We both the liked, penguin one was very we good. Liked that a lot. But yeah, that for all the reasons you said, and you heard us gush about it on the show, it was just a fantastic issue that very much captured that character that we all love, that, that Mr. Freeze, that Paul Dini reinvented in the Batman the Animated, in Batman the Animated series, and then just changed the character fundamentally and made him one of Batman's greatest villains. Loved that comic. Uh, some of my runners up that I've already mentioned, Step by Bloody Step number one, blew me away. Chroma number one. A Vicious Circle, I literally just reviewed, and I can't stop thinking about how amazing that book was. Briar, Cantwell's Briar, number one, was another one that just caught me off guard. I loved that book. But Batman, One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze. I couldn't fight it. So the fourth one, which was actually the second one in the series, was the Two-Face one by Mariko Tamaki. That's right. And Javier Fernandez. And it was okay. It was good. I liked it. It's fine. Yeah, it was good. But the Penguin one was legitimately great. And the Mr. Freeze one knocked my socks off. Yeah. So like, yeah, one bad day started shaky and has gotten amazing. And I'm kind of looking forward to the rest of them. Now, I realize that most of our awards were very Marvel and DC heavy, but we read a lot on that show because we grew up reading this stuff. And we try the heart to wants what the heart wants. Yeah. And we try our best. Yeah, I can, I can only fight it so much. And that is not to take anything away from any of these creators or any of the books we named or any of the shit that we missed. Keep in mind, this is just the stuff that we read. There's so much more out there that we absolutely missed and we totally need to hear about it from you guys so we can waste more of our time reading these incredible funny books that came out in 2022 we got a question of the week all about it coming up real soon here but please start thinking about your best of 2022 we want to talk to you jerks about it congratulations to all of our winners this year we will see you at the after party at the iceberg lounge it's going to be popping off 
Excelsior! (laughs) And that is it for THN 690 and 2022. Next week, we are back reviewing the first new comics of 2023 and some from this week. So the last comics of 2022. Yeah, I guess that would be true, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. first new comics of 2023. It's a, it's a good way to roll into the new year, right? It's a soft landing. I mean, the statement still stands. We're yeah. reviewing the first new comics of 2020. Of course. If you want to wrap about this week's episode, all the awards we gave out, the books that we missed, the biggest Beppo snubs of the year, hit us up on our live call-in show. We are back next week, January 7th at 1030 Central. Check out our Discord for all the details. Joe Patrick, what do we have for the final question of 2022 and first question of the week for 2023? Wow. We're just... Look at us. We're bridging we're it. overachieving. We're bridging it together. Well, it's time for the 12th annual Listener's Choice Awards. Yeah, that's right. We want to hear your picks for the best. And this is key. And the worst that comics had to offer this year. So what I'm proposing, and I didn't run this past Matt, but we're going to run it on it past him on the fly. Normally we say, hey, come equipped with your best writer, best artist, best series. But I'm saying this year, come at us with your favorite thing about comics in 2022 and your least favorite thing about comics in 2022. Sure. Whether that's specific to a, a creator or a comic, that's fine. Or if it's a more general thing, like you just really love the THN community and it's your favorite oh, thing, or it's your least this. favorite thing. We don't need you blowing really rainbow the smoke THN up our community. <laughs> but uh, we'll also what we take, want. I want to hear your quick hits too. Best, best comic TV show, best movies, whatever. Let's hit it. Yeah, you know, best like let's do novel. it. Yeah, let's do it. You know, we kind of fell down on the graphic novels this year because we did a lot of other, we did a lot of back issue stuff. Yeah. And next year, we're going to make an effort to do more in the realm of original graphic novels. So trying to pull our, we want to hear. Trying to pull us out of superhero world for a little while. Yes. Get yeah, us uncomfortable. We need, to, we need to do better about branching out from our comfort zone. We need to talk about our feelings, Joe. Okay. It's true. But so come prepared on January 7th with your favorite and least favorite that comics had to offer in 2022. Uh, please keep your question of the week suggestions coming. Uh, as you know, we do this uh, call-in show most weeks, and we need those questions. If you can't make it to Cover to Cover Live, shoot an MP3 to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com, or leave a message on the THN hotline. That number is 402-819-4894. We ask that if you leave a message or send an MP3, that you keep it to two minutes or less. If you are new to the show and you cannot believe Cavewoman did not make our best of 2022, I assure you, it's only because you haven't heard enough and we are prudes. The good news is you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box archive at TwoHeadedNerd.com. THN is a I, listener. I just don't want to admit that I read it. <laughs> THN is a listener-supported podcast. They are very creatively find a way to get her as spread-leggy as possible on every cover. So I got to say, that's not easy, you know? <laughs> I think thought, all right? I mean, that takes talent, right? <laughs> This show would not be possible without the generosity of donors like our newest patron, Hugo's dad, John Taverdick. You may have just heard him. We forced him to uh, read a couple of Death of Superman and Funeral. Yeah, a couple. And Funeral for a Friend tie-ins. And spoiler, he loves all of it, unapologetically. Uh, I mean, to, like, point <laughs> of order. Kid. 
John forced us it's true. to read them. It's true. <laughs> if you like what you hear every week, it's easy to support the show. Like Hugo's dad, you can sign up to be a patron at patreon.com backslash two-headed nerd. Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to everyone that made 2022 such a great year to be a comic book fan. And not, I don't mean just the creators that make the books we love, but everyone that's listening out there as well. You've helped build THN into a fun, welcoming community to share our love of comics. And the past 12 years wouldn't have been possible without you. Word to all of you. And hey, happy new year, you jerks. Hey, and Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might forget your acquaintance. This is the Two-Headed Nerd for 2022. Signing off.